1: It's time for the happy half hour with your friends, Kristen Balboni, Will Bryant, and Darren Gant.
2: that time of the week, welcome to the Happy Half Hour podcast with your friends Will, Darren, Kristen, and producer Matt. Uh, guys, before we started recording, we were just talking about... Everything that has happened since we last recorded this podcast... Which
3: was like two years ago, right? Uh, Two years ago,
2: a.k.a. last Wednesday. Darren, will you give us a rundown of all the things that have happened in a one-week span?
4: Yeah, since we recorded this podcast a week ago, Mick Jagger found the Thirsty Beaver, the Rolling Stones (laughs) played a concert in Bank of America Stadium, which was amazing... Uh, the Panthers went to Dallas and kind of got knocked around pretty good down there. And, oh, by the way, they came home and traded for Stephon Gilmore, the former NFL Defensive Player of the Year. Other than that, not too much. <laughs> I-
2: We're going to talk all Panthers <laughs> in just a second, but only because Darren has been scooting around Bank of America Stadium nonstop the last week covering all those stories. Did the Rolling Stones play any of your favorite songs your deep cuts. They, I have not had a chance to ask they you. They
4: did actually. The old the old Keith Richards classic before they make me run yes. uh, was part of the Keith section in the middle of the concert there. So that was great. And it and as it turns out one of the the internet's an amazing place full of all kind of neat stuff and Is many it? terrible things. Yeah. But there's a website I go to a lot called setlist.fm. And it had the set list from the 94 concert I saw in Columbia, South Carolina with the Rolling Stones. And as it turns out, they played 23 songs that night in 1994. 27 years later, they played 19. So four fewer songs from 23 to 19 in 27 years. Those old guys are really slowing down.
3: So I have a <laughs> I have a scoop for you. I've heard from an inside source yeah. that before the concert, when they were going over, you know, oh yeah, we you know we played here in um, in ninety seven, you know, the first concert here. Uh, the Mick Jagger was the one that remembered that they played here in 1965. Nobody else on the crew or the people working here had any idea that they were here in 65. And he's like, Oh, yeah, I remember the old Charlotte Coliseum down Independence. One more do his time. One more nope, time. No, 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 no. I nope. just didn't quite hear I'm you. do give me shelter, and that's all you're going to get. But anyway, I think we should Matt, take you to that. the Thirsty Beaver now. I know, right? It sounded
2: a little German I, if I'm not.
3: I, I can't do any accents <laughs> at all. I really, outside of Darren, I can do Darren's
2: ah, accent. do Darren. <laughs> No, don't. No, what? no we're you can't not. Say we'll, that. we'll save
3: that for later. I'll do the. I'll do the um, special things to do in Darren's accent at the end of the show.
2: Well, okay, no one knows what that means except for us. <laughs> Will's got a Stay segment tuned. coming, and he'll Stay do tuned. it. <laughs> all right, I'm holding you to that, Matt. Please clip off the Will's Mick Jagger impression. Uh, let's. All right. So now that we've gotten to the important news that everyone came here for, which was Darren's review of the Rolling Stones concert. No question. Uh, let's let's talk about Stefan Gilmore. I mean, <laughs> just, what? <laughs> yeah. what a whirlwind last couple days, at least for us, you know, as we started to find out about it. And right. Darren, especially for you, what have you gleaned from from walking around the building, making your rounds? Like when you see Darren on a mission, like I said, at at the stadium. You see him headed down to the second floor, you know it's on. He's going down to get some really good information. So what have you gathered?
4: Well, I mean, this thing came together fairly quickly. They had been interested in Stefan over the course of the summer. I mean, at different points, had made calls, and it was kind of, you know, exploratory at that point. But this thing ramped up in a hurry, and, and the short version is, as after the Patriots put out word that they were going to cut him, you know, that's like, Dogs, flushing birds out of the mm-hmm.
1: underbrush.
4: I mean, they, you know, they weren't. They were going to try to do exactly what they did and put out word that they were going to cut him, and got a bunch of phone calls. And rather than wait and hope that Stefan would just want to sign with his hometown team, they went ahead and gave up that sixth round pick in twenty twenty three, which is as close to nothing as you can actually give someone to, you know, acquire a player of this caliber. Now, you know, I, I think there are reasons to be interested in how Stefan comes in. I mean, obviously he hadn't played this year. He had the quad injury last year, but in 2019, not seven years ago, not 10 years ago, yeah. two years ago, this man was the NFL defensive player of the year. And you got him for a sixth round pick in 2023.
2: Yeah. And uh, just in case any Panthers fans, which I'm sure you have, if you're Listening to this podcast, you're obviously dialed in with you know the best information. But just in case anyone um, isn't up to date, the Patriots cut him from everything that we're hearing or wanted to cut him uh, for for cap purposes and for contract purposes. Not because they think anything is um, is is wrong with him right. or they don't want him to contribute. It was they were, what, like $50,000 yeah. under the salary cap needed to make and, some moves, and he couldn't was, come to an agreement right. contract, and he and he won't be able to play until week seven.
4: Right, oh. and, and he was going into the final year of his contract, yep. so they wanted to extend, they wanted to do something to spread out cap hit, couldn't come to any kind of agreement on that because he still wants to get paid at the level commensurate with his abilities, and they weren't able to reach common ground on that.
2: I would love to know, he's a hometown guy. Mm-hmm. How much does that matter to to Panthers fans? I think it's amazing. He's a Rock Hill guy. Right. He lives in the Charlotte area when he's uh, when he's not in season. What does it mean to to Panthers fans, or especially you know the South Carolina portion of Panthers fans, to have a guy like this joining the Panthers?
4: I, I think it's huge. And and having spent 14 years of my life working for the Rock Hill Herald, exactly. I can tell you another
2: hometown guy, that huh?
4: Football City USA is excited about this and they should be I mean he's one of their own and Rock Hill has a long history of, of pumping guys into the NFL yeah. I mean Stefan's far from the only you know first-round pick to ever come from such a small town but they've got a culture of it down there and and it matters and it's a huge deal and I remember I was looking back through my files and I sent Will a copy of the story this morning before I put it on Twitter before Stephon was drafted, that was right before I left the newspaper in 2012, um, before he was drafted by Buffalo in 12, I talked to him and a bunch of the other Rock Hill NFL people and just about this latest link in the chain, the guys from that town who were going to make good. A lot of defensive backs, great names. I mean, from Rick Sanford to Jeff Burris to Sheldon Brown. I mean, so many guys. Gerald Gerald Dixon, Ernest Dixon. Ernest Dixon was actually here briefly, I think, in '98, maybe in training camp from Fort Mill, but I, you know, never been a guy from
3: York County on this roster prior to now. And, and you asked, what does it mean to Panthers fans? I mean, I, also, what does it mean to him? Yeah. You know, I, I think that's important too, especially as you know, this year goes on and you know, what sort of contract negotiations go on for the future? You know, how mm-hmm. do, how much does that factor into? Uh, you know, what he can do to stay here versus, you know, go right. somewhere else as a free agent. So, yeah, I no. mean, yeah, I mean, he so, lives right next to Scott Fitterer. And I, and oh, wow,
2: Will, I wasn't, well, I wasn't going to say it. And we'll just put that out on the podcast. I mean,
3: and Dan Morgan, apparently, they <laughs> yeah. all live on the same block. They're, they're carpooling <laughs> yeah. work, I think, you know, from now That'll
4: on. That'll be fun
2: during contract negotiations. Yeah, I, right. We, yeah. need,
4: we need video of that. I wonder if they'll sing when they carpool.
2: I think they might. I think they should Based on a text you received, maybe. uh, yeah.
4: Sources close to me tell me. But uh, we'll see. I mean, it's going to be interesting. I I think it obviously matters. One of the things I thought was kind of funny, there's a perception outside of Charlotte that no one would want to come here and that the Patriots had somehow done this man a disservice by trading him to a place rather than allowing him to choose his next destination. It's like, listen, he might have chosen this anyway. This is home. And yeah. it's not like the team's awful or anything. <laughs> no. I mean, they're, they're playing okay right now. They could certainly use somebody like Stephon Gilmore, but every team in the league could use somebody like Stephon Gilmore. Let's not kid ourselves. Um, but I, I thought it was kind of funny when they said they, they did this man wrong. And I was like, he might have actually preferred it come down this way than get in a situation where a place not Charlotte was going to be calling and, and, and making the offer to bring him in.
2: Yeah, there are worse places to be, that's mm-hmm. for darn sure. I want to just go back to uh, Darren talking about the article he wrote on Stefan Gilmore in 2012. I saw it on Twitter. He sent it to Will. He didn't send it to me beforehand, <laughs> but that's okay. I just Sorry, thought, I Christ. saw it on Twitter, and you know what I thought? I was like, gosh, how good do you have to be to just dig up an article from almost 10 years ago and be like this is good I'm going to post it. I would hope nobody sees my stuff from 2012. That's all I'm saying. Well, I was, well, like, Man,
1: I,
4: I Karen was strikes
2: at, again. I
4: was at the peak of my game in 2012.
3: <laughs> oh, <I> just- <laughs> so now you're on a team friendly deal here, you know, at <laughs> yeah. you know at uh, the end it of out, your career. Home ta- hometown, it out. hometown hometown discount Posting into the
2: finish line. Locker room guy. <laughs> veteran presence oh man no well let's let's talk about uh some of the impetus for yeah. signing Stephon Gilmore I mean clearly as we said cannot play until week seven mm-hmm. um because he's on the pup list but uh that Cowboys game you know it's <laughs> they're they are looking ahead at, at help in this secondary um and I think if you look at the the way that the Cowboys game went mm-hmm. um could use it
4: Yeah, I mean, you could use the help stopping the run. That's the first thing everybody's been talking about this week. But, yeah, I I just think in the way they play defense and the way they want to play defense, you've got to have multiple guys who can cover. They've been really clear that C.J. Henderson was a trade for long-term, not short-term J.C. Horn cover. So... This gives CJ Henderson a a chance to learn this defense, which is new to him, and get acclimated and get his feet underneath him a little bit so he can be more comfortable. Now, you can put starting in week seven, now you can put Dante Jackson, who, speaking of guys at the top of his game Mm -hmm. right now, he's playing his best football right now. Dante, Stephon Gilmore, and AJ Boye. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot better than, okay, where are we going to, and this is nothing against any of these guys, but. Rashawn Melvin is a is an old vet who's a journeyman, who's been on a lot of different teams. Started the season on the practice squad. Started the yeah. season on the practice squad and got called up a couple of weeks, and then they put him on the active roster. He's he's good. He's somebody they want. But other than that, it's Keith Taylor, who's a rookie at Stanley Thomas Oliver, who was a seventh-round pick a year ago. Mm-hmm. None of those guys are Stephon Gilmore. And I, I just think the, the chance to add a pedigreed corner – So that right now, I mean, I I thought it was so telling last night that when somebody asked Fitterer about J.C. Horn and his injury, got the broken foot, it's going to be two or three months probably is what most people think, and somebody asked Scott if it was absolutely season-ending, and he said, yeah, not necessarily, we'll see how he comes back, but you know, we're planning on going to the playoffs. And it was so casual the way Scott said it, I mean, and it's gone from – a month ago, no one knew what to expect from this team. To now, they're thinking about going to the playoffs. And if you're going to be that kind of team, you need that kind of secondary.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And if you talk to to Dan Morgan, who I, I mean, he will say it. You, he can't go a few sentences without saying the goal is to win a Super Bowl. And I love mm-hmm. it. I mean, he's yeah. saying it multiple times. Right. Um, up, uh, you know. Uh, a sentence when he's yeah. when you're talking to him, which which I love to hear. And he's someone that understands the gravity of what that takes from right. from all levels. So I I like it. I like the aggressiveness. I was hey. talking to Matt Rule about that yesterday and we saw in the in the Cowboys game, you know, you got like fourth and eight and Brandon Zilstra converts. Um he's not afraid to go for it. And it really feels like this front office matches him in that sense. That that they are gonna do whatever they can to get this roster in the right place in order to push for games beyond the regular season.
3: It, it's so it's an interesting thing when you know the news of the morning, you know, shakes the NFL world, and then the news by lunch includes the Panthers in it. Like the, those, just those aren't necessarily the things that have been happening around here for forever. You know, yeah. I mean, it, it's just a kind of a different reality. That's that's a lot of fun to be a part of.
4: Right. And oh, by the way, the big news yesterday morning was going to be Christian McCaffrey's back <laughs> on the practice field. Right. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And by the end of the day, that was about the fourth most important thing that was going on. So, I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, that's the personality they've taken on. And and credit to Will for helping dig this up. When they traded for Daryl Johnson right before the start of the regular season, the Bills defensive end, they traded for him. That was their 11th trade since Scott took over as GM in January, which matched what they made in the three previous years. Wow. Wow. They've since tacked two more onto that, mm-hmm. so we're at 13 trades and counting for Scott Fitterer in this calendar year, and it's just that's that's the mo now. That's the way they operate. And and Scott admitted yesterday he's out working the phones, trying to see if there's offensive line help available. You know, seeing what else is available. You know, as they go through some stuff where they're a little thin at linebacker and different things. I mean, Scott's out there working the phones, and and he admitted he said. When you get the reputation for making all these deals, you hear stuff that other people mm. don't because mm-hmm. people know you're open for business. It can only help. I mean, they're not all going to work out. Not every trade's going to be a home run. You know, sometimes things just aren't going to work. But right now, I mean, the excitement they're creating with this, I think, has got a lot of people fired up.
2: And, and neither here nor there, but, you know, it's something that I think Panthers fans should, should take a lot of comfort in. Scott Fitter, despite being busier than like pretty much any other GM, always has time to be a lovely human when you talk to him. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, I just it's it's awesome. Scott's
4: easy people to get along with, and
2: it doesn't ever feel like he's overwhelmed by any. Mo- I talked to him before the draft, after the draft. You know, if you see him right now, you wouldn't know anything was going on. It's just real calm um, on the surface, and I mean, he could be. <laughs> be in negotiations with like three different teams right now and you just you know and he's just go, hey how's it going how's everyone doing you know let me let me stop and talk to you about this which is which is awesome
4: and it also feels like if Stephon Gilmore walked over a couple doors down and knocked on Scott's door and said, hey, my lawnmower's out of gas, Scott would be like, oh, here's here's a tank. You can have mine. Just bring it back whenever you
2: feel. You well, know. for multiple yeah. reasons. I think any GM would do that if they signed 2019 <laughs> if, uh, or traded for the 2019 uh, Defensive Player of the Year. But, yes, he would do that no matter who the neighbor was. Yeah. That's right. Let's talk about the the Cowboys game. Obviously, the, the run defense was a – Was a big issue. O line is something that a lot of other people are talking about. So, starting with that run defense, that was really the strength of this team in the first three games. And then both Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott just, uh, I mean, just gashed the run defense.
4: Um, It's like this screeching tire sound effect goes here. You're averaging 45 yards a game, and Dallas runs for 245.
2: And then you look at uh, the Eagles, and Jalen Hurts is their leading rusher. Mm -hmm. So, what do you think, if you're this coaching staff, what are you telling these guys who are clearly incredibly talented but just got knocked down a peg in order to, to get that confidence? We, you know, we talked about this momentum versus confidence. What do these guys need to do uh, in order to to be ready, aside from film study, right, <laughs> um, for this Eagles game? And, and Jalen Hurts?
4: And, and you know what? We'll have a story about this very topic I know it was coming. The day I was going to say, this is Darren the latest is tease his, his to Panthers.com
2: Panthers. that I've heard in a while on this but podcast. I, I thought Usually it was, it's like right off the top.
4: Yeah, I thought it was interesting when Jermaine Carter was talking the other day, he used the phrase, we put blood in the water mm-hmm. twice during mm-hmm. about a seven-minute interview on Monday and they know that everybody's watching that tape now mm-hmm. and and they've put out the blueprint i mean you want to run at the carolina panthers here's what you got to do load it up put mm-hmm. an extra lineman on the field bring all your tight ends to the party and just go straight at them, and and until they stop it, that's going to be. I, I, Philadelphia is not built the same way as Dallas. Not many sure. people are. Yeah. But and not everybody's going to be able to pull it off. But they know they're marked now, and people are going to try them. So they've got to get it fixed, and they've got to get it fixed. Hurry, in a hurry. I mean, Daquan talked. Daquan Jones talked about you know, technique and everybody being in the right gap and all those little bitty things. But mostly it got their attention. And and I think those guys, you know, they've got pride in their work just like everybody else. And when it doesn't go the way you're expecting, you know, that kind of caught everybody. And they knew walking in this week what they were in store for.
3: And this one may feel a little different because of, you know, Ezekiel Elliott. There were times when everything looked correct. The gap integrity was there. The, everyone stepped up and they made the contact exactly as they've made the three weeks before, and then Zeke tacks four to five y- more contact. yards onto it. Yeah. I mean, that's just who Zeke is right now. And, you know, you could tell he was playing with a chip on his shoulder. You know, he was mm-hmm. tired of kind of being written off, um, you know, the way he was a little, oh, you know, it's a two-back system now and Tony Pollard may be better and all this. You know, Zeke was running with, with fire. Mm-hmm. But this week, you know, Hertz is a guy, he's not trying to run through you. He's not trying to run by you or make you fall down and miss. So that is going to be, you know, how do these corners do out on the edge? You know, how do guys do in space? It may not be, you know, people that are getting knocked back and just a huge pile of dust that's moving five yards down the field. It's going to feel a little bit different, but it's still going to be very dangerous.
4: Yeah, and it's also a little bit out of necessity that they might have to play along the edges anyway because with Shaq Thompson out this week. I mean, you know, Rule mentioned stuff yesterday about one-linebacker defenses, and – you know, it's a good thing you've got a guy like Jeremy Chin who's got some linebacker background that you can move around and do different stuff. And they'll, you know, they'll have different ways to play this thing. But right now, I mean, they were, they were pretty thin at inside linebacker anyway when it was Jermaine and Shaq, and now there's no Shaq, at least for this week, maybe for next, probably for next. But um, that's another issue. But they, you're going to have to be fast on defense, and you're going to have to be correct. I mean, that front four has got to get their gap covered, you know, and they've got to do as much contain as they can to keep this thing from getting to the
3: edges and getting away from them like it did last week. And and there's some things in the NFL where if you do the right things and you kind of give the effort and put yourself in the right position, a lot of times the ball will start bouncing back your way. It Mm -hmm. felt like the last couple weeks, you know, out in Texas, just like, I mean, let's be real. The Jeremy Chin thing was a fumble. That was a mistake. Yes. Refs, refs messed it up, yep. period. You know, no forward progress. That's BS. You know, sorry. But when you get did home. Did you just
2: apologize for saying BS?
3: Yeah, I did. Okay.
2: All right, just checking. Yeah. I just want to <laughs> work that. Um, y- you get, you get home so
3: nice. and you, you keep doing, you know, it's kind of just the way of football. You keep putting in the effort and the ball kind of starts going back your way. You know, especially when, when you're at home and you do the right things and hopefully things kind of turn back you because there's been a lot of things especially on that I mean on that one drive I mean that, it was just an a absurdity of of what is going on here
2: the drive with the yeah the, the drive with that one, that wasn't one right yes, and, then, and then the,
3: the two-point conversion yep. that wasn't one you know all, all of those you know that they finally corrected after 20 minutes of looking at it
2: yeah, the review had a couple of plays before the Jeremy mentioned right. you know and they're
3: you know and guys were getting their helmets taken off at yeah. the line and, and blah 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 so, you know, I think you get home and you you kind of, like, you want to get out to a good start and kind of get right in, in feeling like, okay, yeah. you know, it's not everyone against us. You know, and it, that takes some character building to be able to keep playing when you know that things are going against you.
2: You want a, f- a few good plays right. under your belt, right, right. after mm-hmm. having a game that you just kind of want to wash away.
3: And it'll be good to feel like, you know, you're both supported and, you know, amped up by the people out here. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that especially this week, you know, Charlotte's a place where they can get up when you get them up. And with Gilmore coming in and, you know, th- there's still some, a lot of excitement in the city.
2: Can I say this? And and I'm not saying this uh, just because we're talking on a podcast to Panthers fans who will be listening to this. I've said it on air. I've said it off the air to, to rule and others. The last two home games, that crowd has been mm-hmm. great. There have been some, some big, Third down, you know, potential like where the defense needs the crowd to fire up on third down. And it sounds good. It sounds loud. You can tell that it's bothering people. Um, and I remember I think it was in the Saints game. There was a there was a, a big third down for the Saints. They were trying to, you know, defense was getting the crowd fired up. They sounded great. And The Saints called a timeout. And I was like, I wonder what it's going to sound like when they come out of the timeout. And the crowd picked it back up. And I was mm-hmm. just I was really proud. You yeah. know, it's great. And that is what you're looking for at home and and I know that they're excited to be here for for two more games I want to talk about O-line quickly Darren <laughs> I'll put you on the the hot seat the hot Let seat
4: be the bad guy yeah, yeah yeah
2: yeah well you know when you host you just pass <laughs> off the tough stuff to somebody else what would you tell fans right now
4: yeah that was you know because that's what, what they're asking yeah. about I mean it, listen it was not great Bob it was it was kind not of not great Bob it was kind of bad last week and you know, I think there, I think there's by natural means going to be a different look out there this week. We'll see. I mean, Cam Irving didn't practice yesterday at left tackle, so you start wondering how they're going to put guys on the field. You know, during training camp, Rule always said that Taylor Moten was his backup left tackle. Now we'll see if he's hesitant to move him from the right. We'll see how the week goes if Cam practices or not, or, or what they end up doing. But. Whether, regardless of personnel they've got to fix that yeah. because that was a big problem and that was the other blueprint thing yep. and sam said it after the game the other day we know people are going to bring it now to try mm-hmm. to create that kind of confusion and yeah i think being on the roads part of it because dallas was loud as well and that causes some confusion but they just got to play better and they've got to settle into some degree of routine whether that's Trent Scott, whether that's Brady Christensen, whether that's Taylor Moten on this side or that side, just got to play better. Mm -hmm. And we'll see if they can. But we knew going into the season that that was going to be one of the weaknesses of a roster as they put this thing together. That was almost like the last thing they're working on. And – you know, between Elfline getting hurt, now Irving's hurt. They don't have the also, first choice line. But.
2: I would say, too, John Miller, they weren't sure last week how right. much he was going to play was questionable. He had also you know, come back from the COVID protocol yeah. in week two against the Saints. They said, right. we think he might play like 60% of the snaps. Yeah. He ended up playing 100% of them yeah. because of uh, because of Pat Elfline's injury. Um, and he played the, the whole game, right. and we knew Cam Irving was banged up going into that Cowboys game, so... Like you said it's you're starting at a certain point and then you add injuries into mm-hmm. it i mean I, there was there was, i mean they've i they've kept Sam very clean through the first three games, but i mean he he did have to go change his jersey in the third quarter because it was it was it ripped after the the fourth or fifth sack
4: It was a wardrobe malfunction
3: that they all of Twitter was so terrified for those like five minutes like I oh did my God, now we've our, broken our Sam
2: executive producer was. <laughs> is is in the podcast uh, studio with us and I did um especially after the Thursday night game where the the majority of my reports on the radio sideline were very tough injury related right. reports and you're you're watching these guys and hoping everything's okay. I saw him run in there with the uh with our um you know, equipment team, and I, I told our producer David Langton immediately. I was like, I just want to let you know, it's it's a jersey related. Like no one's no right. one's <laughs> when when no they go hurt. in
4: when they go in with the equipment guy yeah. rather than the athletic training yes. staff. That's a that's usually a good sign. And your
3: your tweet that you know back in the day. Jake just pulled his pants off. And right, just, I mean, just in fixed it in front of everyone, with some towels. Like, I who did, needs a blue tent? Right. I did
2: bring that up when I did my <laughs> report on Sam changing his jersey. I said, you know, Jake does know a little something about yeah. having to do a quick change on the sideline, so he had a good time with that. Um, but speaking of Sam, I mean, he's despite it all, he's scoring touchdowns <laughs> a lot with his feet. There's no doubt about that. And Will, you have a a stat of the week that relates to this, right? <laughs>
1: Sixty percent of the time, it works every time.
3: Start of the
1: week.
3: Yeah, so last week was a, a kind of scary in my world because after that second touchdown, I kind of went into you know my computer thing and looked up first four games total rushing touchdowns, and I'm seeing five, and I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, no one's ever done this as a quarterback, and I'm like, I, I am terrified. I am terrified. You're to like, put am this I out.
2: about to Am yeah.
3: I am I about to are end- you
2: about to just have the best dad ever? Are you setting yourself up right to be for yeah. just
3: like, oh, but what about As in. As a former
2: you know, ESPN researcher, I know that feeling. When you come across something very good I'm and like, you're what, like
3: Yeah, what this, is wrong here?
2: What am I missing?
3: Yeah. So I waited and I waited and I looked at I looked at Bill and he's just like, I mean, if you're right. I'm like, I don't know if I am. He's like great encouragement just, there. Just, yeah. Yeah. just go. And so I, I went with it. And a minute later, it's up on Fox, you know, like on the lower third. And like it that was one of those, oh, that was one of those moments. Anyway, awesome. moving forward. You gotta trust your process, Will. Right. Trust the process. You you had it right. So two straight games with at least two rushing touchdowns. If he makes it three straight games this weekend, that would be an NFL record for a quarterback. No one's ever done that. And it would tie a name that everybody in Panther fandom knows that's the only player that's ever done it as a Panther. He was a running back that had three straight games with two rushing touchdowns.
2: And naturally it's...
3: It's... Go Lamar, ahead, Lamar. Lamar Smith,
2: of course. Panthers legend. Of Lamar course,
3: Smith. everyone remembers Lamar mm-hmm. Smith of the Lamar Smith days. Of course, in in Panther, I think it was two thousand that he did it. The Lamar
4: Smith months, <laughs> but he had was. three really good games he, in those he had a months. Hot, he had a hot streak in O two. O2
3: Okay, yep. there you go. So Lamar Smith would be would be the one that uh Sam Darnold could tie this mm. weekend.
4: It's, you know, it's it's moving past being a curiosity to actually a thing they do. And the fact that Sam... How many
2: quarterback sneaks
4: have we seen? Yeah, the fact that Sam can run a little, mm-hmm. the fact that Sam can make a decision, I think keeps things open. I mean, if you saw the, the DJ Moore touchdown where he's kind of running around a little bit and he buys some time and finds DJ, I mean, I, I think part of that... It's not that opposing defensive coordinators are like, oh God, how do we slow down Sam Darnold on the run?
2: But it's a factor.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, it I mean, has a-
2: to be. Look yeah, at how many touchdowns he scored. Look at how many times he's able to and he's going to get in a first down or, a lot or, yeah. of times.
3: Yeah, it's a thing. I mean, all the NFL notes this week said the battle of dual threat quarterbacks. Yes. I mean,
1: what? As <laughs> we were
2: in the game. We were in the game, and our incredible executive producer David Langton was keeping me updated. On the rushing touchdown leaderboard, it was bouncing between Ezekiel Elliott and Sam Darnold throughout the game. And <laughs> oh, by the way, of course it is. Sam, I mean, they did not come away with the win, but Sam came out on top at the end. That's <laughs> yeah, incredible. It's, it's wild. If you're Joe Brady, do you like do you like that he's? I mean, you like the touchdowns, but do you like that he's scoring them with his feet?
4: I think you're okay with it. I mean, especially in a situation where you're without Christian McCaffrey, having one more option in the red zone or at the goal line mm-hmm. can't hurt. And, and I mean, Sam's big enough that sneaks are are viable. He's athletic enough that he can get out and make a play every now and then. I don't know that you want to turn him into Lamar Jackson or anything,
2: but
3: as long as he's not flipping, yeah, no mm-hmm. flips. No flips.
2: Uh, speaking of of Christian McCaffrey, Darren, mm-hmm. <laughs> what are you what are you hearing? Um,
4: we'll see how the you know I thought it was interesting the way Matt Rule, Mr. Process, talked about it yesterday. It was almost like he goes out Wednesday, he's limited. Thursday, he'll probably be limited again, and you give him a little bit more each day, and that's kind of what it's going to be for Christian. And you know, we'll see. He said that if christian's able to go 100 percent on sunday they'll play him but i mean that would be ahead of pace for what they initially thought so we'll see how the next couple of days go i mean it's like he does a little bit at a time a little bit more a little bit more ramp him up and if you get to sunday we'll see but uh, you know i think they probably described that as a two or three week injury to begin with so you know one might be on the outside edge of possibility stay tuned <laughs>
2: Well, and and the last uh, point on that is that I I think you feel good about Chuba Hubbard after seeing Mm -hmm. what he did in the Cowboys game. And look, and Bryce Freeman did some good things, and and so did Rodney Smith. So I think you you feel confident in in what you've got on the roster, right. and who you've got on the roster, I should say, um, if Christian yeah. can't play, rather than Con- rushing him back. Confident enough
4: to not rush him back. Yeah. You don't feel compelled to, oh, my God, i got to put 90% Christian McCaffrey out there. They don't want to do that. Not for this week, not at all. I not mean, worth they, it. They just want to do right by him, do right by the team.
2: And have 100% Christian McCaffrey, hopefully, in a few weeks, which is a good if, thing. Yeah. um All right. Well, so you, I, I've heard that you caused quite a stir on the internet again. I know. Not just you know, not just these incredible stats, but also what you tweeted something last night that got a ton of responses that you're going to share with us.
3: Yeah, just wanted to know what people wanted us to talk about, uh-huh. and apparently none of it was football or well, Stephon we did Gilmore. Start, so we
2: did start this entire podcast out with Darren's. A week old review of the Rolling Stones concert, sure. and yeah, that's what I it. think. That's what the right. people want. I make no apologies. That's yeah. what the people want to hear.
3: But they they got their Gilmore too. So we're gonna do <laughs> we're gonna do some uh, rapid fire. I'm gonna I'm gonna lay it out for you guys. No descriptions, no analysis. Just give me a quick answer. We'll go around the board. You say that for me because all my stories are too long. You can do a story at the end. All right. <laughs> Top Halloween candy, Matt. Anything but candy corn.
2: It's Reese's. Reese's always tastes better around Halloween.
3: Payday. M Ms.
2: Eminem's, yeah. just like the regular ones? Uh,
3: peanut. Okay. Yeah. All right. What color pants are they wearing with the black jerseys this weekend? We don't know the answer to this. This is just what we want.
2: Aren't you the jersey kid? Shouldn't I'm, I'm you? I'm know? the one who answered have the question in the chamber. Matt, Matt, go. See, it is nice, isn't it, when you get to tell other right? people? I yep. like this. <laughs> I like this power. <laughs> it's it drunk feels good. with power, It feels good.
3: I want to see blue pants. Blue pants. Kristen. That's some black pants. Come black on. Black pants? Okay. I'm a traditionalist. Silver pants. Silver pants. I want to see the white pants. I think that'd be fun.
2: You want to go black and white?
3: Yeah, black and white. Let's see it. Let's do it. Okay. Nicknames for the defense, Matt. I got nothing. <laughs> oh. Okay. <laughs> I like, I like Thanks, it. That's Matt. just
2: letting us know. Um, I, I, I'm stealing this one from Darren, but I'm going first, so that's fine. I like Darren said cold front not too long yeah, ago I under like Phil Snow. I, yeah. I like cold front. It feels intimidating. Yeah. Also, I would love a cold front to come through Charlotte. Just uh-huh. unrelated. It's too hot.
4: The blizzard. Blizzard's Can we get Brad
3: Panovich to guest host? That'd be awesome. Yeah. You pull it. Pull some strings. I mean, yeah. I mean, it, snowstorm. I mean, it's all all kind of the same. One and one and one in the same there.
2: You had so you had all night to think about that and you were coming out with snowstorm. Fine.
3: I'm moving on. Um (laughs) what do we think Stefan Gilmore's number is going to wear? And I we don't know the answer to this as of recording at eleven forty five on Thursday morning. You may know by the time this comes out. Matt? Whatever single digit number is available.
2: Now Matt just took my answer whereas I took Darren's (laughs) answer. I want to see a single digit number. I guess what, nine is left? I think nine
3: is nine uh, is left? I mean <laughs> and the number that shall not be named.
1: That's it is also left. <laughs> but you know yes. what? Yep. You
4: know what? Stephon Gilmore wore five at South Point High School, and I think there's probably some room for negotiation with Zane
3: Gonzalez. Yeah, it's fair. I would. Would he negotiate with Boyer for 24?
4: I don't know. Probably not. I huh. think there there's a certain honor among veterans. So you you don't want to mess with that part of it. But I also don't know how married to 24 AJ is.
2: I. I have not, uh, admittedly, kept up with other teams. Are we seeing other defenses with as many single-digit numbers? Like, as I mean, I've seen the teams we played, but yeah. are there uh, are think, they yeah. embracing the single digits? Yeah, it looks weird. As much as the Panthers, it does look weird out I there. I Love it though.
3: Yeah, I That's love cool. it. Cool. Okay, next, uh, best places in North Carolina for leaf peeping.
2: One more time, what's what's it called?
3: Leaf peeping. I
2: don't know why I find that. That's so funny.
3: not vulgar, Kristen.
4: It just sounds
2: funny. Leaf <laughs> Never peeping. heard of it called leaf peeping. Once we
3: get the snowstorm come through, we'll have some leaf. Peeping.
2: I mean, you got to go. Oh, sorry, Matt. Go ahead.
3: Matt, I guess my yard because I don't have to leave my house. I guess. <laughs> <laughs>
2: great answer. Wow. That's an answer that I feel like Darren approves of. Yeah. Um I you look you got to go to the mountains. Just anywhere. In anywhere, Just in, anywhere in the mountains is um I'll say, I'll say Blowing Rock.
4: Okay. Yeah, specifically the Lynn Cove Viaduct. See, okay. I knew Blue that he Ridge Ridge would come Parkway. with it on this Just one. Just
2: the Lynn Cove Viaduct.
4: These are my people. Hold I on. It. I changed my answer to the
2: Blue
3: Ridge Parkway. I forgot but, about that. Oh man, right after. I mean, does Hick does Hickory have um have good leaf we're peeping? Foot, we're foothills. We're foot moving hills. in that direction. Okay. Let's
2: it's keep not going. bad leaf peeping. So y- since you've
3: already referenced Brad once, Brad actually has a leaf pe- peeping forecast model that he puts out there on Twitter. Yeah, it's great.
2: Uh, what's your answer, Will?
3: Um, I was going to say hickory. I like I want to I want to go to the foothills just because I can say it that way. Um and and finally, you know, because the points don't matter, but points are good. Um <laughs> yeah, There um, it is. There's, there's it is. the Darren. There's impression. my Darren. So bad. Um well, who would be good. this is just for Darren. Who would be your wrestler if you were a wrestler?
2: Cuz there was a picture. That's been There's so a picture yeah. out there it, on the Twitter.
4: There was a picture. I was a Wahoo McDaniel's guy when I was a kid. Wahoo McDaniels. Yeah, Wahoo McDaniel's was the Indian Chief former NFL football player who Became the champion of the NWA, but uh, he was a king of the indian strap match which is probably looking back on it maybe a little racist but um you know it was the 70s and it was wrestling everything was kind of that way but i
3: do have a, a another wrestling story do we have time for a story mick's waiting over here to, to do mick things so mick, hurry up mick's
4: waiting for my story mick, well, mick may need
3: to hop on for at, this one
4: as as i was on my way to cover a college pro day in 2011 of a certain quarterback who happened to play at auburn university uh, i drove down for the pro Day we stopped in Atlanta.
2: I am moving over because Mick has now indeed joined. Mick
4: has joined the for, chat for
2: for Darren's story. So I just yeah. want to make that clear that Mick Mixon is now listening.
4: Yeah. So 2011, we're on the way to Cam Newton's pro day in Auburn, Alabama. Tom Sorensen of the Charlotte Observer and I get in a car, get on the road. We stop in Atlanta, go out to Cam's hometown, talk to some folks there. And while we were on the outskirts of Atlanta, we we felt it was our obligation to visit Abdul the Butcher's House of Ribs and Chinese Food right outside the Atlanta airport area. And uh, we walk in the door, and there sitting at a table enjoying a grape soda and or possibly a bottle of wine was Abdul the Butcher himself. So Sarensen and I sat and had an enjoyable evening telling wrestling stories with Abdul the Butcher.
3: Mick, do you know Abdul the Butcher? Of course. What do you know about him?
1: Uh, not as much. Um, my... Uh, I'm older, so Abdullah the Butcher came into prominence a little after I started to stop practicing wrestling holds on my sister, who was feisty. Uh, That's a brother thing. My brother's I got her in the sleeper hold, and I was doing it just like Rip Hawk and Johnny Weaver, but she never even really got drowsy. So then I got her in the Boston Crab, the Russian Sickle, which was Ivan Koloff's. Submission move, the corkscrew, made popular by Bronco Lubich and Aldo Bogni. <laughs> One this time so I suplexed it. her, a la Cowboy Bob Roop, and I had cushions laid out, but yeah. she went past the cushions and hit the coffee table.
2: Oops. <laughs> I've been there, too, as a as yeah. little sister.
4: Uh-huh. But Abdul the Butcher, whose nickname was the madman from Sudan. He's actually from Canada. What was his submission? And,
1: and, was it, the, it wasn't the claw.
4: No, that was Baron Von Roschke.
1: And also it the Super the Destroyer had that for yeah. a while.
4: But uh, Abdul would stick a fork in a man's head until he bled. He was oh, a big bleeder. That was his gimmick. So here's a picture. You can't see it on the podcast, but theater of the mind. Here's Abdul the Butcher sticking a plastic fork in my head.
1: He looks like he's used that fork a lot prior <laughs> to. So, yeah.
2: <laughs> I was going to ask, and how was, the food, how was the food after hearing that story? I'm it curious. It was
4: everything you dreamed it would be and more. I mean, well, when a place is called Abdul the Butcher's House of Ribs and Chinese Food. I walked in and they said, what do you have? And I said, the ribs and the Chinese food.
1: Jeez. But when I'm I,
2: not leaving until he puts a plastic fork through my head.
1: When I was listening to you guys, y'all were talking about nicknames. Had we kept that prior kicker, um, mm. he looked – in fact, I even called him Abdullah the Butcher, I think, on the air one time because he had that mustache and that – kind of mad hungarian al i couldn't quite bring <laughs> yeah. it into focus but there was something not of this world about him
2: oh i've got to look up abdul the butcher now yeah well, don't you
3: yeah I, I mean i've seen the picture of darren with with him but yeah i had no idea what was happening on twitter last night when that came through i was like i i don't know what this well
2: is. i'm glad it did because we got to hear an amazing story and we had mick make a guest i appearance. like
3: cold front by the way i think that could. yeah cold yeah. front that's yeah. good yeah. that's good well thank you mick this has been way more enjoyable and hopefully twitter enjoyed this Thank you, Twitter.
2: Twitter has definitely enjoyed it, as did Will and I. Uh, Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll see you next week on the Happy Half Hour Podcast.